Rodney Jane here. With the holiday period over, Baked Beans Month is back at Bob Jane T-Marts. Buy three, get the fourth tyre absolutely free on selected Bridgestone, Yokohama and Goodyear tyres. Plus, up to $150 instant cashback on a range of Goodyear, Dunlop, BF Goodrich, Continental and Michelin tyres. Alloy wheels from only $125 and tyres from just $69. All with our best tyre price guarantee. We'll look after you. Tastes and supply. These two do not like each other. There are two parts of the story as always. Red flag, this is a suspended uh, race. Hey, it's the Parked Up Podcast. We're powered by Race Fuels here. My name's Grant Rowley. A good old friend of mine has joined in for this pod. His name's Tony D'Alberto. He's actually driving from Melbourne to Bathurst. Thank you, Tony D, for having us on your road trip. Absolute pleasure. You know, it's just great to get a call up. Um, I couldn't say no. I've got five hours ahead of me here, so it could be the longest parked up podcast of all time because I've just got time to kill. So uh, <laughs> yes. thanks for having me, mate. Thanks you, you, for fitting you, me into your day. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, well, you're uh, sitting down doing not much else, so I thought I'd fill up some of your day while you drive up to Mount Panorama. Of course, we've got the Liquid Molly Bathurst 12 hour on this weekend. Tony D, you're a part of a star studded four, four driver lineup for the wall racing Lamborghini entry. I guess the expectation that you have is that you're kind of not going there thinking you can win this race this weekend. I'm sure you'd like to win that race. You'd like to win any race around Mount Panorama. Uh, but uh, it should be a uh, should be a pretty good, fun, competitive weekend uh, for yourself, David Wall, Grant Denya, and uh, the car owner, the great man, Adrian Dietz. Yeah, it's going to be a fun weekend. I mean, we still go there, uh, putting our best foot forward. We're we're probably up against it some of the against some of the European guys for sure. But you know, we're not in the outright class. So in our class, we'd like to try and grab another podium like we did last year. I think competition this year is going to be stepped up a little bit considering some of the Euros are coming out and there's a little bit more interest in GT racing in Australia now. So that's great. Um, so it'll be, a, it'll be a great weekend. The weather looks like it's going to behave itself unlike last year. And unlike last year, it's, it's one of the first races of everyone's calendar. So um, I don't know. I've been doing as much fitness as I can, but there's that little bit of a question mark when you go to a 12-hour race that if you've actually done enough. So... It's all ahead of us. It's uh, very much looking forward to driving this beautiful Lambo around such a amazing place. So I've got a big smile on my face driving up today. Yeah, awesome. Hey, I'm just looking at the entry list that you guys will uh, go up against this weekend. And when you talk about fitness, I don't know what you're talking about. Four, okay, fair, fair enough. 12 hours is a long motor race. Uh, you could, uh, yeah, you, you're going to sort of earn your keep, but, um, you guys have got four drivers. You could, you could do like we do. Th- three hours and yeah, easy peasy. You know, last year, last year, just the way the day panned out, I did six hours driving. Oh, wow. And yeah. It was a big stint. Like I, I'd, I'd had enough. And then, uh, our engineer said, Righto, you're going to get in next. You'll probably do an hour to the end, no dramas. And there was a safety car. I ended up, ended up doing another two hours. And yeah, I was absolutely spent by the end of it, just with the conditions and everything. So you can, even though there's the four drivers, you can end up doing quite a, quite a big stint. So I hope, hopefully, that means we've got to the end of the race if we've all uh, done lots of laps and lots of miles. That's the whole aim of the game. Cool. Okay. So a great, great entry list with uh, the big return of uh, a bunch of internationals uh, in terms of drivers and in terms of teams, heaps of uh, some of our best local stars, you know, Shane Van Gisbergen, Jamie Winkup, David Reynolds, Chaz Mostert, uh, Lee Holdsworth is in there. There's uh, some, some really, some of our, our uh, best, best uh, supercar stars. Um, there's my a, bro, t- there's a, there's a TCR Australia. There's a TCR Anton, of course. There's a TCR Australia champion in there. Well, there's a couple of those them in there. Fantastic, fantastic. I saw that little uh, press release that Krause put out, and I read it. You know, all these stars coming to Bathurst, and I, you know, there's European drivers, and as you mentioned, all the supercar stars and all that. And 
somehow I got a mention right at the end. It was the very last driver that, that had got a mention and I was absolutely wrapped. <laughs> <laughs> so one of my friends, Andrew Maisie, actually tagged me in it and said, oh, you made the cut, mate. Well done. <laughs> well done. Well done. Save the best to last. Thank you, Richard Crail. Uh, okay, cool. Uh, but look, the biggest star that is going to be there, other than yourself, of course, TD, calm down, uh, is <laughs> Valentino Rossi. He's done quite a bit on two wheels and uh, in the past couple of years has transferred his racing skills to uh, to four wheels. He'll be... Uh, he will be driving a BMW and uh, he's driven Audis in the, for the past few years. Uh, are you going to um, pull out, pull out the, uh, that Italian flag and, and go and drape it around him and you two Italian boys can just uh, drink uh, espressos and uh, talk about pizza and um, maybe get something, <laughs> maybe see if he wants something signed by you or something. I don't know. Oh, it's pretty damn cool. You you got to admit, sharing the track with such a legend like that. Um, he's already done a little bit of racing this year. Um, I think the Golf 12 hour in the BMW, they they went pretty good there. So um, they should be quite quick. Uh, I know I've actually got friends coming up from Melbourne that are big MotoGP fans to, just to watch him race around Bathurst in the, in the GT race. So it, definitely it'll pull a crowd, I reckon. Mm. Uh, you know, he's, he's a big draw card for the race, just something unique. And, you know, you watch these legends for so many years on TV and all that. And to actually see him in real life up close, maybe rubbing doors with him, I don't know, he's going to be quite cool. So uh, I think I'll definitely be lining up for a little autograph. <laughs> all right. Very good. Well, I've already seen some photos from camping and a bit of the hype that's happening at Mount Panorama at the moment. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's great that the event has come back so so very strong you know it just doesn't seem that long ago that that 2020 race that was won by the Bentleys and we had a uh, a very very big field of of GT3 cars and lots of full pros and uh some great pro am entries uh, like uh, like what you guys will do this weekend and yeah of course covid came and and stopped it for one year last year was a really localized um, version of the Bathurst 12 hour. And what was only 18 cars or something. Uh, we're back up to around the 30 mark. Hopefully all of them make the starting grid for Sunday's 5:45 AM kickoff. Uh, what, what time do you, um, do you have to get to the track uh, to sort of get ready for that very, very early morning start? Well, I mean, like last year, David Wolf started, so he he would get there a little bit earlier, uh, but the rest of the drivers would be there around five o'clock, um, just in case, you know. But Wally probably was there at four thirty. I would have thought. Yeah. Uh, make sure he's you know the cars all warmed up and he's ready to go. He limbers up and stretches and and just does his his prep for the race. You know, make sure he's eaten and had his coffee and just that normal sort of routine because you know, generally you'll you'll do a decent stint in the morning, a couple of hours, so. Um, you don't want to run out of fuel or in the car, obviously, but in, you know, in his, uh, in his belly either. So um, it does require an early start, but that means he sort of finishes a little bit earlier during, during the day as well. So he can have a bit of a snooze and you do have pretty good gaps during the day. So it is a lot, an early start, but mate, you know, we've both got kids, you know, what's a five to 5am 5 start. Honestly, <laughs> it's no drama. I don't. Uh, no, nah, I, I don't feel your pain there. My my two, uh, they sleep in. They oh, they're a bit older. They they sleep in. Well, not really. No, George. George really. My George little George. She's only five and a half. She's uh, she's younger than Oscar, brother. And I know really? Oscar, your your Oscar loves a good old early morning wake up. Oh, this so this morning I had Hugh at four thirty, <laughs> and then when I left for work at six, Oscar was up as well. So. Yeah, that's a normal every day. So getting up that little bit earlier to go and race the car around Bathurst is no troubles. <laughs> oh, very good. Uh, okay, cool. So, uh, hey, plenty of uh, plenty of other stuff going on. We can talk a bit more about 12-hour if uh, if you want. Is there any uh, any cars that you're sort of looking at thinking, oh, yeah, well, they're going to be they're going to be very hard to beat over the course of the 12-hour race? Uh, not particularly. I mean, I think every, every car out there is, um, you know, very, very well prepared, 
you know, there's probably a few cars that are the next generation of what, you know, compared to what we're running at the moment with the Lambo. So, you know, naturally there's improvements. So we've probably got our uh, backs against the wall a little bit, but hopefully, you know, there is balance of performance in GT racing and it can adjust to try and you know, keep everyone very close on lap time. So I think we've got a really strong lineup of drivers. Um, there might not be, you know, star stud like Valentino Rossi, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, Grant Denny obviously does a very good job. Adrian's a very good am as well. So on average, you know, I think our lap times um, should be, should be fairly good. So, over a 12-hour race, that, that really does help. And reliability has been absolutely fantastic with more racing guys. So we can truck along all day and hopefully be there near the end and have a big crack uh, when it counts. Okay, well, we'll be watching on. Uh, I'm going to just sit at the couch and uh, and maybe yeah, have a... Yeah, you're coming uh, up. No, nah, not coming. Oh, you slacker. No, no need, no need. The last 12-hour I went to, 2020, what like was just one of the best race meetings um for for a heap of reasons but you know great uh great great entry that was really hot that weekend remember like your feet sticking to the ground and people diving for shade at every possible possible point it was um it was brutally hot but a a, a thoroughly yeah. excellent weekend uh, and not long after that, um, our good friend COVID came and uh, put a stop to all the fun. Uh, so, uh, yep, anyway, I, I'm not going, but I'm sure the uh, show will go on and I'll add to the uh, KO numbers for the weekend. So KO can thank me for that. Hey, I, I remember one of the first one of the first 12 hours you went to was with Nissan. Yes. And you guys won. You had, uh, was it Chio? Chio son. Chio Sun, yep. Yeah. I was in the media, like- media and comms team for, for Nissan when Chio, Florian Strauss, and Wolfgang Reap won the 2015 edition. Uh, one, one of the uh, very, very few times that I was doing <laughs> PR for anybody, and we actually got a, a really big result. We, we, of course, the Nissan's race the year before uh, with Chio and Rick Kelly. Uh, and a couple of others, and uh, they were looking pretty good as well. But uh, got involved in like an eight AM shunt at the top of the mountain, so oh. that made for a pretty early finish to the day. But uh, the year after, came back and and won the race. So that was really really special to uh, would, to to be part of. Would you say like you know part of your Nissan career? Yeah, that was a that was probably a big highlight. Really, I mean, you guys had some strong supercar races yep but also went through a time when it was really tough on the parody side of things with this and oh, supercars you know yeah. so trying trying to turn average results into something that sounds half reasonable <laughs> isn't easy um but you know to get to come to the 12 hour in that role and think how good is this? this is great it's i a, love the, motor racing the, exactly exactly i just wanted to race that uh uh gtr nismo gt3 every single weekend that was uh <laughs> made it uh, made it very fun but yeah those um Altima days where when when I worked with the team full time 2013 14 and 15 there were some really difficult uh, soul searching weekends particularly for the team when when you do those roles you uh, need to uh, it's one team and one dream and unfortunately the dreams can look like a nightmare but uh, I don't know from my point of view in the PR world it kind of teaches you to think quick and uh, and you know find different angles that you can still get some still get some good positive coverage even though I, out on the track not much positive was was happening. I think it's really equipped you well um, for your current role, uh, not only on Parked Up but all the other stuff that you do. Because you know after a race meeting in TCR, you often have to come to me and we do a little wrap up video, and I'm like, mate, Grant. Well, I had a shocking weekend. I, I've got nothing. Like, can you just put some pretty pictures up or, you know, do a little video, just do something. I don't need to talk, honestly. I've got nothing to talk about. And you always seem to find just an angle that we can talk about or something has happened to, and, and brush over the result, but still maybe just slightly mention it just so people know where we finished, but not harp on about it. So yeah. that, that is a big skill because not all, not all PR or journos or whatever you want to call yourself can actually do that and still get a good result for their clients or whoever 
It's not always roses. Cool. This sounds like a, a nice little promo for my business. Thank you. Do you want to uh, add my <laughs> add my phone number to the end of it? <laughs> I don't know if you know it. You haven't, <laughs> haven't passed it on yet, but no, it's true though. It's true though. It's not all, like motor racing, especially like different to like AFL or other sports where there's a winner or a loser. Like, you know, you can come fifth, 10th, 20th, whatever, taken out of the first lap of the Bathurst 12 hour. And you got to somehow make that sound good. Well, it's not good. It's not fun. No. You know, no. so it's, it's a very different world to what uh, a lot of people probably think. Yeah. Cool. Uh, okay. Right, about you. Thank you. No, thank you. Um, so now we've got some supercar stuff to talk about, but last thing oh. on the 12 hour, uh, just when we jumped on this call, uh, we got to see each other's faces over uh, over the little Zoom thing. And I saw you got a super, super fresh haircut. Like it is really <laughs> close to the bone. There's almost skull is showing it? on the side of your head. Nah, well, I get a, I get a one and a half on the side. And you, and you know... Like you would, you would know, you would, you would sympathize with me here, right? Here. <laughs> uh, I've got a lot more grays these days. Yeah. So I have to cut it a bit shorter to try and hide some of the grays. Otherwise, the longer it gets, the, the grayer I look. Uh-huh. So, um, yeah, one and a half on the side. And then, yeah, just leave it a bit longer on top, obviously. But yeah, fresh haircut for a race weekend. First one of the year for me. Mm-hmm. So you got you got to look uh, as good as you can, anyway. Cool. Okay. Yeah. No. It's just, just part of the prep. You know, it, like some people go and you know go for a run. They might go to the gym, do one last stretch session, whatever. I get my hair cut. Okay. It's just just better. And then you chuck a just helmet on. More relaxed. You chuck a helmet and a hat on for the whole weekend. Well, that is true. You barely see me without a hat on all weekend. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, so uh, there's plenty happening in other parts of the motor racing world as well. So today, as we record, Wednesday, the 1st of February, we uh, we saw the very first Gen 3 race car hit the track. The uh, first of the non-prototypes have gone out and uh, Blanchard Racing Team in the cool drive entry with their new driver, Todd Hazelwood, has cut laps at Winton Motor Raceway. Uh, there's been some lots of build up towards uh, towards this happening, uh, and and I guess um, with the way that the uh, the the regs have have rolled out and the components being available, the car has tested not in its final actual homologated form. They've had to sort of um, yeah maybe make it a little bit of a Frankenstein to, and probably not by much, probably only five or 10% of the components in the car aren't actually what they'll end up using, but they've certainly got the big public relations win by being the first Gen 3 car out on track. Uh, they've uh, So Todd Hazelwood did majority of the laps today at Winton, Tim Blanchard, team owner, uh, and I can only assume the endurance driver also got in to do uh, a few laps as well. Uh, we've got a a couple of little audio grabs. Let's go with uh, with Todd Hazelwood first to get his thoughts on the new Gen 3 Mustang. It's been an amazing day here at Winton. First laps in the cool drive Mustang. Car looks amazing and it feels really good behind the wheel too. It's certainly a great challenge behind the wheel. It's very different to what we've been used to over the last uh, couple of decades of supercars, I guess. So for me, been an amazing experience. Great first day of the team and uh, yeah, loving every lap so far. That was Todd Hazelwood and this is Tim Blanchard. So we've had our first uh, run today in the Gen 3 car. First BRT chassis to hit the track and first Gen 3 uh, production car to hit the track. So really excited to see it out there. Huge amount of hours and work by everyone in BRT to get it out there. Um, I haven't got a few cheeky laps in, but Todd's done some longer runs today and learning a huge amount about the car, which hopefully will put us in a good, good position leading into Newcastle in a few weeks. So not much detail there, Tony D, from either of those guys. Uh, a couple of quick little short grabs that uh, Supercars had sent out uh, for media to use. So uh, I guess the big win is that they were the first out there. Uh, but it does burn one of very few test days as well for the team. So I don't know, put uh, put your hat on. Would you have waited until the car could have been 100% this is what we're going to run? Or do you reckon the the benefit of being first out, the the uh, the benefit of some of the other tech 
advances that they they may get out of uh, being first out, uh, which would have you gone for? Uh, it is an interesting question because, um, yeah, from a driver's point of view, uh, even if it's not 100% uh, what it would be when they race, it'd still be great to have a feel of what, what, what you're up against. I don't know whether Todd has done a lot in the Gen 3 test cars. He might have done some laps, I'm not, not too sure. But, um, but I think for the team, it's just, you know, the sooner you can get out on track, the sooner you can start learning, processing what you're up against, I think it is a benefit, but I do feel like they've done a little bit of testing for supercars today, you know, uh, which I know everyone's in it together, but, you know, do they deserve to maybe get an extra test day because of it? I, I don't know. But the, the thing that amazes me, Blanchard's is single car operation, small team. How the hell have they got a car together before everybody else? <laughs> yeah. Seriously. They've done good. At, no, like they have, but what what's restricting others? Uh, I'm not close enough to a day-to-day to know um, what's going on, but is it just componentry? Is it just time in the machine shop to build the parts necessary to put on the cars? You know, there are all these things factors, or is it just because supercars haven't quite ticked everything off just yet? It, it's quite an interesting story why a smaller team could get out on track before some of these bigger teams uh, can can manage it. I mean. I've been following the Brad Jones updates. I've been finding them really interesting to see how they're piecing these cars together. Yeah. Um, you know, they've got a massive workload, obviously, with four cars, but you would have thought maybe one would be ready by now. It just shows you that, uh, you know, all these teams were meant to test on the 30th, which was on Monday, and no one rolled out. Um, so, wonder how far away they are. Uh, they can't. I guess they can't be too far. And and uh, there's just been so many dates thrown up and down. I know there was lots of talk about Feb sevens and Feb thirteens and fourteens and all those things. But uh, I guess we'll uh, we'll we'll see how it rolls out. And uh, I guess for any of our listeners, if you do want to uh, stay in in the know about when uh, when the cars are going to test, which I assume are all behind uh, closed doors at the moment. I don't think any of these. Uh, venues are going to open their facilities for fans to come through and take many photos, not until the uh, February 22 all-in test at Sydney Motorsport Park. But you can certainly stick with Parked Up Plus, Mark Fogarty. I'm sure he'll have all of the details every Monday uh, in the afternoon. He'll be able to uh, tell you when some of these testings are going on. Uh, You can also... Tune into your speed cafes, your auto actions, your motorsport.com, supercars.com. They'll uh, they'll have plenty of info because there is just a lot of info going on at the moment. One car has tested. We've still got, what, 24 others to hit the, <laughs> hit the track and we're racing in five weeks' time. It's uh, she's, oh, she's, wow. a, she's a big push. It's a huge push. It's scary. You know, this is, they're going to such a daunting place to start with, like, Seriously difficult yeah. over curbs and walls and it's just a concrete canyon and tough on the car. And, and I know the car's not untested, but you know, can it handle that for these long distance races as well? I mean, I'm generally I think they're two hundred K races maybe, uh, around there. Yep. Should they should they shorten it up a little bit just so uh, you know, we can get all the cars to the finish line. I think I honestly think this first round at Newcastle will be who survives it rather than who's the quickest? You know, do, will the teams have spares? You know, if they just brush a wall, you know, the older car, they had so many spares, they repaired that quick. They knew how to repair the cars quickly. It's all a big learning curve for everybody um, with this new generation car. So it would have been probably better, in my opinion, to go to a circuit that's a little bit less risk and less curbs and just to get the show on the road and get it happening. But it could cause some big dramas for um, some teams if they have, you know, a big shunt or something like that. Mm. Mm, well, well Let's hope not. that's right. Uh, okay. Well, we're, uh, we're going to see, it's all going to come at us pretty thick and fast. Uh, okay. So um, actually it was interesting that you just said that you've been watching the Brad Jones uh, videos that BJR have been putting together. Uh, very popular. I think awesome that <clears throat> the team have given such insight into the creation of the cars and some of the components, the way it's coming together, uh, updates. They've kind of really dominated the 
the video news website um, story that's built up towards Gen 3. No other team has uh, has really done it. So a, a big congratulations to BJR for uh, keeping the fans uh, like you and me up to date with, uh, you know, how it's all going and, and explaining uh, some of those things. Um, and just recently, uh, just another little plug for Parked Up Plus, uh, Mark Fogarty spoke to Brad Jones. They had a, a lengthy chat about uh, how the build is going, when, when they might be out on track for the first time. Uh, and I'm going to play for you right now that full chat with Fogues and Brad Jones. Of course, you're listening here to Parked Up. Brad Jones, welcome to Parked Up. Well, Brad, Gen 3 in the race to the finish line, which is the start of this year's series. Well, that's the big talking point at the moment. Now, of course, we should have been seeing the new cars on the track by now. We're not. What's gone wrong? Well, it's not so much that things have gone wrong. Um, uh, it's, it's you know, it's a big process to, to design and build a car, and it's it's... An, an unusual process for a lot of the teams. In the past, we've made a lot of the stuff ourselves, and and um, at this point, you know, we we're very reliant on suppliers, and and um, it's a very short window. If you think about when the Mustang came out, was first seen at at Bathurst, then we've had to go through the the uh, the process to get homologation for the body shape, and then start to build the cars. A lot of which weren't signed off until till VCAT had been done. So it's just time. And and um, this happens with the, with the build of every car, you're always running late. So I'm not sure that it's a lot worse than it was when we did this 10 years ago, but it's, um, you know, it's hard at the moment. I can only imagine, but you're not in panic mode yet. Uh, look, it would have been nice to have a car out on the first and, and we're probably not very far away from that. I think we're a long way down with our, our first car build. But at the end of the day, we're going to go racing at Newcastle and, and to get the best result there, I feel like you need to do a lot of preparation work in the workshop. We haven't got a complete car yet, so we haven't had a lot of time to look around it and, and work out you know, where we want to be and what we want to do. So I'm, I'm, to say I'm not panicking would be untrue. I know I'm quite stressed. Um, but at the end of the day, I know the suppliers, we talk to them every day. We know where they're at. They're trying as hard as they can. Um, and and we just need to be a bit more patient. And so for BJR, you know, we're hoping to to shake the car or two down on the seventh or eighth. But, you know, it's it's going to be really dependent on when we get an under tray for the front of the car and, and bits and bobs that we're waiting for. There's a, still a lot to be done. So it sounds like, as we've been expecting for a while, that, well, BJR for a start, but, you know, all of the Southern-based teams, if you like, proper testing is not going to happen until, well, there's Winton is booked for February 13 and 14. Yeah, I'd say I'd say proper testing is going to go on around there. I mean, I think Blanchard's going to make the first. You know, they've been, um, they, they need one of everything and, and I think, when, you know, what they can't get, they're sort of compromising with, so... Um, they're really keen to to get their car out there and good on them. But but certainly for BJR, we want to make sure that we have the car um, as close as we can to how we're going to race it and and um, go through the the process that we feel we need to go through. I mean, Blanchard's have done an amazing job to get that car to a point where where they can run it. But it's a little bit different with the Ford. I don't think anyone's going to run a Camaro on the on the 30th, 31st or 1st. But, you know, we're still waiting for too much stuff. It's interesting. So how can Blanchard get one car up? But, well, couldn't you get one car up then? Oh, or, well, it depends. Or, or, you, you were explaining that well, some of the Chevy bits are a bit behind, I guess. Yeah, some of the Chevy bits are a bit behind, but we all run a common under trade. Um, I, I just, I mean, we made the call here at BJR probably two weeks ago that we wouldn't go on the first, that we would go a bit later. And I don't think it makes any difference, to be honest. I mean, when we did this last time around, we were the last team to have our cars built. 
And then we went to Sydney Motorsport Park and we didn't have wipers working. We had a whole heaps of things not going right. And um, and we were the fastest and, and continued to be a front runner for a period of time. So I don't think there's a race to be the first one out there. I don't think other than other than, you know, an opportunity for to say you were the first. I don't I don't see the benefit. The benefits in making sure the cars get built and we, we run through all the all the new parts on that car, which is almost everything, to make sure we understand how we need to go about setting this car up. And then when we're at that point, go and shake it down. So the chassis are all the same. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they go with the Mustang on the first, and hopefully nothing will go wrong with it. But, you know, it's not always a great move to be the first Indian. Okay, so, Brad, what are the ramifications of this unholy rush for the teams in terms of preparedness for that crucial first event, the Newcastle 500? I, I, I don't think the rush is a problem. I think I think what we learned last time we went through this process was when we ran prototype cars um, and then we got to the first race meeting and the teams traditionally tend to run the cars harder. You know, the, when they when they do prototype testing, they don't mess around with much in way of spent suspension changes, and and so they're not looking for that last little bit of grip everywhere. So when you change the car and you're maximising everything, the loads are harder and heavier. So so I, I can't tell you what to expect. I think um, I think it's going to be hard because we are doing our testing very close to the actual event, but. Um, you know, it'll be the same for everyone. So, or maybe close to the same for everyone. Um, so we're just going to have to wait and see. But but certainly, um, you know, I think everyone will be at the event. I don't think that's a problem. It's been a huge strain on the teams, though, hasn't it? Um, well, because teams are the last ones in in the in the order, and that's a difference between something that's on a computer and something that's running around the racetrack. Um, the timelines dragging out have have shrunk what's what's available to the team. So yeah, the, there's a lot of pressure on the teams and and the teams are really the ones they're, they're like the full forward, you know, they're expected to kick the gold and and there's there's you know it's there's no break. You know, you, you need to have the cars built and we need to work as hard as we have to work to make the cars uh, operational and, and the very best they can be by the time we go to Newcastle. And so the teams continually do that. You know, you see a car smashed up on a Saturday night and all of a sudden it's it's fixed and it's racing on Sunday. You know, the guys might have worked all night and, and had some other people help them. But that's what they do, and that and that's that's a great thing about about the teams. You know, we'll we'll get the job done, and I don't have any doubt about that. Well, certainly, you could expect carnage at the Newcastle Five Hundred anyway. But reliability, one would imagine, is going to be a big issue there in that first event, isn't it? Well, it's going to be a question mark. Oh, clearly, I mean, you know, we've not raced these cars, and and um, um, so we'll we'll have to see what happens. I mean. Based on what's happened with the prototype, everything should be okay. But but we'll see. So you know, it might be it might be difficult. Uh, it might go really smoothly. It's so hard to know. Um, but like you said, there's been a, a lot of pressure on the teams. And and I think if you look and see what the teams have been able to do together, you know, we're helping each other out. We're carting stuff from Queensland and back. Different teams doesn't matter whether it's Ford. Or whether it's a GM team, you know, we're helping each other out, manufacturing parts for each other. It's really been a, you know, a great thing to see our our community helping each other and working together for for a common goal. So um, then the next step from there is, as you said, will there be carnage at, at Newcastle? Well, we'll just, you know, quite possibly there would have been carnage there anyway. So we'll just have to see. Despite all the aggravation in the build-up to Gen 3, you know, on paper, it looks like they'll be beautiful race cars. Are they? 
Yeah, more more than just on paper. You know, obviously we're on the weekend for a fair bit of time and just sitting there in an empty workshop, you know, looking at, at the car, even with without the body on it, you know, they look great. And and um and we've got one here that um we've put the doors on this morning. Uh, you know, they're amazing looking cars and and if we've achieved nothing other than we've got something updated to race and relevant, um, then we've achieved that because they they certainly look the business. Yes, well, you know, of course, we're all fixated on the problems and and, and delays, um, but the show will go on, won't it? Oh, one hundred percent, it always does. And and um, you know, think of the things that we've been through. Um, supercars, I'm talking about. Think of the things we've been through over the years: builds of the new cars, transmission problems, tires. You know, all the things that that can can be problem um, problems have been overcome and and this will just this is just a build problem that we're going through that's painful at the moment we're going to be quite short on spares but we'll get through it and and look i think if these things race half as good as they look we're in for a pretty exciting couple of years last time we had a big change in supercars the switch to car of the future back in 2013 brad jones racing uh rocketed out of the box and you were very competitive deep into that initial Car of the Future season. Do you expect to be similarly competitive up the front at the start of Gen 3? I'd like to hope so, but the truth is I don't think anyone's got a clue. You know, we're certainly working just as hard as we normally do, but, but um, um, you know, we, we spent, had a very, very strong plan that process and we stuck to it and and we came out of the blocks this is you know, there's a lot of similar parts in the car but we went to a transaxle this is different there's a lot of like there's hardly anything that's similar from car to car but um yeah i'd like to i'm an optimist and i'd like to think that it's a reset and and um but we'll see lots of pieces to a very big puzzle still to come together Brad Jones, thanks for your time. And, uh, well, all I can say is good luck getting them there. Yeah, thanks, Mark. I don't think there's any any issue getting them there. So um, I'm, I'm really excited and looking forward to the season ahead. So there we go. Uh, Brad Jones, very, very confident. Uh, of course, he he's on the commission as well. He runs four cars in the supercars. He's got a, a vested interest in making sure that uh, this is good and it's and it's positive. But um, yeah, you just do get a a really great sense from uh, from Brad that um, yeah the the, uh, the show will go on and regardless that uh, these cars are going to be really cool when they actually hit the track. I, I think he's he's very popular, um, positive and uh, optimistic about the whole program. Um, and you, you're right. I mean, he probably does have a vested interest, but it's great to see, you know, a team owner that is really uh, behind the decisions that supercars make. Because, uh, you know, obviously not everybody is. We saw uh, Barry Ryan's uh, comments recently, you know, how they're, they're not ready, you know, like, they're not, oh, it, it come across very negative, the whole whole sort of thing that he, he put out there. And, um, he's definitely on a sort of different uh, track to what Brad Jones is, put it that way. So, mm. um, uh, yeah, great to see that, you know, Brad, that Brad is really sort of uh, behind the program. And, you know, they, were, they come out really strong when Carol the Future came out. So, interesting to see whether, you know, they can do that again with the new gen cars and see whether it's a bit of an equaliser for them and they can punch above what, you know, is a small team in a country town. Um, but taking on some of the, the big giants of the sport. So it's going to be interesting to see how Gen 3 rolls out and who's going to be quick out of the box. I mean, I, I don't think it's a guarantee that just because Triple Eight and DJR have developed the cars that they're going to be ahead of everybody. You know, they've had a huge workload and had to spread all their time to try and help the other teams develop these cars and provide parts and whatever else. So um, I don't think it's just going to be that easy for them to, to be at the front of the field. So... Yeah, time will tell, though, Grant. Like mm. I said, five weeks to go and a shit load of work to do. Oh, yeah. Um, can you stick your neck out a little bit? I think we can almost guarantee that that uh, the Triple Eight and the Red Bull cars are going to be 
there thereabouts or or potentially even just disappearing off into the distance like they've done for the past couple of years but um uh, why why do you say that well they're just good they're just good at what they do like they're good they are they are good but i think it's just an unknown i, I mean from what i'm hearing and i'm probably biased here because i'm on the ford side but i'm hearing the camaro is is quite a good car mm-hmm. um whether or not they that is true or not, I don't know, but it'd be a shame if it, you know, it was just, you know, the, the Camaros at the front of the grid and the, and the Mustangs down the back, but uh, hopefully the parody comes out and they've been working on it long enough that, you know, hopefully it's close, but big changes though, you know, like they've changed the engine, you know, it, it, chassis, you know, uprights, it's all new, everything's new. I mean, personally, I, I feel like the engine thing was, uh, it just throws a, a massive variable up in there. And we've already got enough going on trying to make this uh, Gen 3, uh, the parody, right. And then we throw an engine change in there as well. So there's a lot of development going on there. Like even just, you know, how, how the, um, the engine runs and the mapping and all that stuff, they've got to get right, uh, which will take time on track in these longer races and, you know, fine tuning it. Whereas the, the other engine that they've used for many years, you know, it's 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 been tried, tested. You know, it's very fine tuned. You don't see massive variances in speed. I don't know what the reason was why they had to change that as well. It just seems like a lot to change in one go. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, they've, had, they've only it. had they've only had two and a half years to get ready for it. So, uh, it's and it's and it's so easy, honestly, for us to sit here and talk about it when you're not in in amongst it oh yeah you know i'm sure there's reasons why all this stuff has happened so i don't want to criticize it but just it seems like a a lot to take on yeah huge amount yep no definitely better for adrian burgess and uh and his crew who have uh, tried to uh tried to rescue it and try to bring it to life and uh i reckon in the next uh five weeks or so we're going to see a great uplift in uh, in in Australian motorsport interest, uh, particularly for supercars, all building up uh, to the first round at Newcastle. There is a race meeting that's going to happen a couple of weeks before that. It's down at Simmons Plains. There's going to be uh, a whole bunch of great national level motorsport, including TCR Australia, Trans Am. Who else are we going to see? We're going to see Touring Car Masters uh, and S5000. Will we see... The champ, Tony D, returned to TCR. It hasn't been confirmed yet. If you're going, coming, staying, what's the score? Uh, I'm just losing you there, Grant. I'm just I'm just losing you on my road trip. Sorry, mate. <laughs> oh, what? Come on. Hey, I'd like to. I, yeah. I would like to, and we're trying to, and then we're very close. We're very close. So hopefully, I mean, we've got to hurry up if we're going to do it because we're literally weeks away. That's right. Uh, but... At the moment, it's looking good. Cool. Okay, good. All right. Well, we'll uh, we'll stand by. Um, whereabouts are you up on your uh, on your road trip there? Uh, I don't know. On the Hume somewhere. So I've got another two hundred k's of Hume to go before I actually do any turning. Um, but yeah, another four hours to go here, Grant. Good. Okay. Um, and a plug for the uh, car you're driving because I know you don't buy your own cars. You just uh, <laughs> steal them off people. So, um, so uh, what, what rig you got? I've got the beautiful Honda CRV today, uh, right. the family weapon. Yep. Um, it was either that or bring the Ranger. And uh, Seth wanted the Ranger this week for do a few jobs around home. So I left her with the Ranger. Yep. And I've got, got the Honda. So, um, yeah. I'm spoiled wherever I turn. Very good. Uh, okay, so a quick plug for uh, some of our other podcasts. Of course, Parked Up Plus, it's every Monday. Uh, the Napa Auto Parts Grassroots Racing Podcast, they they just put out one on Friday with Ian Luff, and it's a, a really ripping yarn. So uh, go search up the Napa oh. gr- Grassroots Racing Podcast. Yeah, you've got something Can to I- say? Oh, I do, I do, you've, I do. You've, got, got, an, you've uh, got an Ian Luff story? I've got an Ian Luff story. Go over it. Yeah, yeah. So when I was younger and I hadn't driven on all the sort of Australian national tracks and whatever, I've just come out of go-karting and I had a race at Oran Park 
coming up and I wanted to learn the circuit. So um, I like Googled, I didn't know who the hell Ian Luff was. Didn't know who Warren Luff was. I didn't know anything. And uh, he had like a little racing school at Oran Park. Yes. And uh, I booked in to go up there for a day to, to learn the circuit. And we did it in like, I don't know, it was probably like a little Honda Civic or something. It was tiny. There's a little manual sort of hatch, this thing. And I flew up in the morning. I got lost on the way to the circuit and he's, I, I didn't, um, he didn't have my number. He had my, uh, my dad's number. So they're all trying to ring me to find out where I am. Finally got there late. <laughs> and he taught me how to obviously drive around the track, some key points of, you know, where to place the car and look at that sign over the crest and do this. So he gave me all the insights. And I remember one time I missed a gear. Um, so I've come out of turn two, I think it is. I went, tried to go second to third and I've gone to first. So I've over-revved this thing. Yeah. Uh-oh. But I, I sort of grab, grabbed it just before it sort of really went in. And I remember him slapping my hand that hard because <laughs> I'd made, made the blunder. But then he slapped it and then straight away he was like, okay, focus on the next corner. Forget about that. That's happened now. Go focus on the next one. And um, it was actually a really, really fun day, like to learn in like an underpowered car. You had so much time between the corners. And uh, obviously, for people that remember Iron Park, it was a really cool sort of driver circuit. Um, so to get that insight from, you know, what I know now, you know, Ian Luff, um, what he's done in his career and, uh, obviously, Warren's been such an amazing racing driver as well. I sort of was getting um, the professional advice that I needed, but I didn't know I was getting at the time. You know, yep. so looking back on it, it was um, it's a good part of, to a good way to learn a circuit and to sort of uh, leech off some of the professionals back then. And when you went to the racetrack following that for the actual car race, how did you go? I think I'm losing you there, Grant. I'm not. I can't hear you again. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I can't hear, you know what? Well, I can't even remember. I think it was from the Ford I raced there. Might have yeah. been. I so obvi- obviously not a glorious victory. No, no, it wasn't. But um, I do, I still like remember some of the things that he was telling me um, to, you know, focus on around the circuit, even when I did supercars there and everything later on. So it was really helpful. Yeah, good. Cool. Well, you can uh, hear about uh, uh, Ian Luff and uh, and some of his great tales uh, about he how he came through the ranks um, in the Napa Auto Parts Grassroots Racing Podcast and the uh, and our good friends, the girls on the grid, Tanea and Priya, they're uh, they're blazing away uh, with some new uh, pods as well. They recently did one with Lauren Hazelwood. She is the sister of. Todd Hazelwood, of course, who we just talked about uh, before with the Cool Drive Gen 3 Mustang, first to test. Now, Lauren has been involved in the sport for some time, being um, coming through with uh, with Todd and now works for Motorsport Australia, plays a big part in the uh, uh, Girls on Track program that uh, that MA run. Uh, I have to play you this little this snippet of the start of the chat that Lauren and Tanea did it's quite funny. I'll uh, I'll play it now. Lauren Hazelwood, welcome to the Girls in the Grid podcast. Thank you, Tanaya. Attention, please. Attention, please. <laughs> the final test being tested. Please ignore all times. I do not evacuate. I'm The final system is being tested. What about the timing? <laughs> the timing is impeccable. The perks of being back in the office, Tanaya. <laughs> <laughs> That is the best opening to a podcast. So, Tony, we did a lot of podcasts, but we never had a <laughs> fire alarm go off at the start or, or any. I don't know if we ever had anything really dramatic uh, happening. Maybe a few kids trying to uh, oh, interrupt kids, us while, yeah. we're, while, we're, while we're doing it. But uh, otherwise, we got off pretty scot-free. That, that was quite funny. That was hilarious there. I like how the girls just pressed on and uh, actually played the whole thing. So nicely done, girls. Hey, I've got a, I do because I've got another four, three hours fifty now to go. I will just add a little, a little quick story about Lauren. Okay, good. Uh, it actually it actually involves so Lauren, as you said, looks after or works for Motorsport Australia and does a lot of corporate stuff at Shannon's events. Yeah. And Justin Lacey from Honda 
who is our good friend, mm-hmm. he would often book corporate hospitality for our Honda guests. And uh, it wasn't until uh, towards the end of last year that he'd done quite a few of these over the years, last few years, um, these corporate events or corporate lunches. Uh, and he saw Lauren and Todd at Queensland Raceway. And he obviously knew who Lauren was, Lauren Hazelwood, and knew the surname, whatever. But he thought oh, that no. Lauren was Todd's wife. Oh, oh no. Yeah. Oh, dear. Yeah. Uh, hang on. But he, never, he, did he never, bring... Told me, don't say this story. Don't tell anyone this story, <laughs> but I have to tell everyone. This is too good. <laughs> it's too good. Uh, but he didn't, he didn't uh, embarrass himself. He came up to me and said, hey, I'm just wondering, like, are they together or is, and I'm like, no, they're brother and sister, mate. God. No. <laughs> oh no. The only uh, way that could have been better is if he'd actually asked them if that, if, I know. If that was their relationship status. But they, 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 I mean, they must be close in age. Surely. Yeah. Well, yeah, maybe a couple so. of years. Like you could see how he's put two and two together, obviously with the surname, but also, uh, you know, with the age gap, but they do look similar. Yes. You know, the same sort of facial features. So, I don't they, know. You got a little bit confused there, Paul Justin. They do say, though, that you do you, you can be attracted to people who do kind of look a little bit similar to you. So, oh. um, yeah. I'm not surprised. Like, you would look in the mirror yourself and go, damn, I am attractive. <laughs> I, want to, I want to find some sort of female that looks like me. Yep. Uh, yeah, that's how you do. Well, I, I guess I don't know if I've ever thought about it like that. <laughs> but obviously, uh, yes, you're yeah. right. I am very attractive. So, uh, yeah, it's a uh, it's a hard act to match. That's for sure. I mean, for for your age and stuff, and <laughs> the grey yeah. hairs. Yeah, you're yeah. not going too bad. You do have you do have the fittest legs in pit lane. Yeah, pretty good actually. Pretty good. I'll and give I'm, you that. I've just jumped just goes back. Hair shape and hey, hair up. So. Oh, yeah, it, it does. I turn into ET from there. Skinny, skinny little arms and big belly. Oh, hang on, brother. Ooh. Oh. You sound like ET. We're getting a bit loose here. Yeah, sorry. Hang on. Just oh, really? Have I, got, have I got? No, no, no. I lost you for about a minute. Um, uh, I lost you for about a minute, but it could kind of end up being a little bit funny because you sounded like ET. I'd said I'd looked like ET, and then <laughs> and you sound like ET. Anyway, okay. Hey, Tony D, let's uh, let's wrap it up, mate. Uh, be safe as you uh, drive up that road. All the very best this weekend at the Bathurst Twelve Hour. Can't wait for um, big proper motor racing to get kicked off here in Australia. And uh, that's about it. Good luck, mate. Thanks. Thanks, mate. I appreciate your, your support. Um, you know, I'm glad that you're staying home and having a bit more of a break. You know, I know you haven't had much time off over Christmas, so um, you put your feet up and I'll put on the show. <laughs> awesome. Looking forward to it. Thanks for joining us on Parked Up. Uh, you'll hear from me next week. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> You've just listened to another Network Hub production. 